welcome to the next edition of the uh, the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans, where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 145 uh, of the flagship show of the Jersnet uh, Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Con Armstrong. Uh, as I say every week, guys, it's not just the, the pod we have here at Jersnet. We've got the forums, uh, there's, there's, there's articles on the website there, you know, match previews, uh, match reports, that kind of stuff. Frankie's got his social media, there's a history archive on the website, lots of stuff on there. So get yourself on if you can. Uh, if you like the pod here, if this is your first time listening, please give us a wee subscribe on the YouTube channel. Put the word out there in social media, let people know that we're here. Uh, we're live tonight, it's a Sunday night, we're having a wee look at the the, the win against Dunfermline on Friday night there. Uh, but the pod will be available tomorrow uh, to download or stream on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places, guys. Uh, so now that the gump is out the road, I can bring him a guess, it's... <laughs> It's the two Stuarts tonight, and they've and they've got glasses. It's like it's like it's like a Jersnet version of the two Ronnies, you know what I mean? But they're just not as funny as the two Ronnies, I suppose. That's probably the best way of putting it. <laughs> Funnier <laughs> than you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Stuart. You're a bit of a grump. No. Uh, I'll I'll bring the boss in first. Uh, how are you, Frankie? What's how's 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 life treating you? I'm very well, mate. Or at least I was until I had two weeks off my work. I'm kind of wait to go back tomorrow. As Tough times with, with families and kids and stuff like that. Back to work, please. Thank you. Are they watching? I mean, that, that's a, that's a ringing endorsement in your family there. I can't wait to get away from them and get uh, back to my work. Well, um, um, I doubt they'll be watching, so I can see what I like. Um, and they're doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that to their faces, especially my wife, obviously. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll pass it on. Yeah. Uh, and we've also got... He's, he's, he's like the Conor Goldson of the show at the moment, you know what I mean? Ever-present and loads of mistakes. It's uh, Stuart Weir. How are you, Stuart? Ah, oh, I've got to record that one for my solicitors. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, enjoying what's left of the summer uh, and what's left of the uh, summer wine as well. So I all good. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether they refer to you as Colin or Michael Patillo these days. Yeah, given, given some of your escapades on a on a, on a train. I, I had another one on Friday night, by the way, but. Keep going. No, 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 no. I, no, I think you should fill in the listeners <laughs> and, and the viewers on that one. Come on now. Well, it, it wasn't my fault. Uh, anyone who was, was at the game on Friday night and who was getting the Edinburgh train uh, will know that there was an incident at Edinburgh Waverley. So I was supposed to get the last train at quarter to, quarter to 12 and I was on it with my, with my portion of chips and my juice, as I always do when I'm coming back for the game. And it never left. It never left till about quarter to one. And I was fine. I got home about quarter past one, half one. Uh, but my my mate Ross, uh, who sits behind me in the in the in the Govan rear, said we'd went for a few pints after the game. Uh, he got home at half four. He stays in Edinburgh. He got half four. He got in. So yeah, another another train escapade. It's 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 Scotrail. But can I say they are uh, the bane of my life. Uh, guys, before we, we get on to the business in hand, says we'll have a wee look at the Dunfermline game on Friday, much improved performance. But a bit of a, a, a mixed week, I would say, for Rangers, given what happened on Tuesday night and some of the stuff off the park. So we'll have a wee look at the Dunfermline game, uh, Malmo, and some of the issues that, that came out of Malmo, uh, you know, with the tickets and stuff like that, folk getting locked out, including myself. Uh, so we'll get into that. But before we get on to that, I have to give, I, I don't normally do this, but I have to give a wee shout out to my daughter. It was her, it was her birthday uh, this week she was 14 on Wednesday so 
uh, happy birthday to my daughter Sophie. And I have to give a shout out to my son, who's also a season ticket holder on the government uh, corner. Uh, he, he passed all his exams, including four A's. So uh, well done to him. We got confirmation this week. We got we got word around about May time, but confirmation came through this week from uh, you know the S- SVQA or whatever they're called. So very proud of him. Very proud of both of them. So I thought I would get that out the road and give them a wee mention. Right, guys, straight on to the Dunfermline game. Friday night there, uh, Stuart Franklin, uh, Frankie, I'll come to you first on this one. Now, obviously, as I said earlier on, a bit of a mixed week, and, and it's been a bit of a difficult start of the season for Rangers, you know, performance-wise and results-wise. You know, it's it's not been great. Uh, however, I mean, I know it was Dunfermline uh, and, you know, sort of lower standard of the opposition, but you would have to say that it was a much improved performance, you know, that the, the, the tempo was there. You know, we went for the jugular. Uh, which was nice considering who Dunfermline's manager is. Uh, and, you know, four and a half after sort of 30, 35 minutes. So, I, I mean, especially first half, a much improved performance and uh, we looked good. Aye, I played very well, actually, didn't we? I mean, it wasn't until the second half, really, things maybe dropped off a wee bit, understandably, but um, it was great to see a reaction to the, the Malmo defeat. I mean, we were all pretty downhearted. I mean, not just the, 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 that, that, that game, obviously, we've lost the... The last three games, so it was vital that we we, um, we turned things around on on Friday night. And I mean, when I seen it was the date, Friday the thirteenth, you kind of wonder what's going to happen um, in terms of if we if we turn up or no. But but fortunately, we, we got off to the perfect start. Um, ironically, it was obviously Graham Dorans that made a wee mistake, gave the ball away, but um, right away Bassey showed that he was well up for it. Great cross. Great finish for Lundstrom, who, who came on to a game as well. And and basically, I mean, I think the manager during the week had talked about playing a strong side, so that kind of thought made, made a few of us think that he was going to go with a, effectively a lot of the same players that, that let him do against uh, Malmo, but he didn't really change things fairly substantially again. And, and the guys that came in uh, certainly took their chance. I mean, both, both the full-backs, Bassey and Patterson, were excellent. Lundstrom played much better and showed that he can be... The, the player that we hoped he would be in terms of uh, that, that sort of number eight getting box to box, Kamara was excellent. Uh, obviously, he would he would be playing nine times out of ten, and I think the, the important thing now is we don't we don't lose him, um, not qualify for the, the group stage, perhaps uh, the Champions League anyway, perhaps might put a kibosh on that. But um, in, in terms of the rest of the team, again Scott Wright, I thought the manager was quite clever there. I mean Ryan Kent's had a bit of a nightmare so far, so far this term. Um, and Scott Wrights did well when he's played and, and scored goals, created stuff, and it was good to, to to add some responsibility to his game. I think by starting him and, and making him a, a key part of the side, and, and it was him that, that that started started well along with Roof. And I mean, if we can keep Kemar Roof fit, I mean, there's no doubt that guy's a player. He sniffs out chances. A good finisher. He's good in the air. He's not particularly tall, but he's. He's, he's good at scoring headed goals. Christ, he can even take a penalty kick, which has has been a struggle for us lately. So, aye, all, all things considered, it was a, it was a good night. I mean, you've got to put it into context. Dunfermline were were awful. I think that's fair to fair to say. Um, but you can only you can only do what you can do yourself. And, and we we uh, we took control of the game and and gave them a, a right good doing, which was was excellent. Sure. Uh, that- uh, you know, Frankie mentioned there, you know, Lundstrom, and he, he has had, I think it's fair to say, a, a sort of difficult uh, few games in, in, you know, in, in his early sort of Rangers career. 
I mean, against Real Madrid in the first half, I thought he looked he, he looked fairly sharp and fairly on it. But I mean, since then, I think he's looked slow. I think he's slowed us down at points, and he's it, it's, it's just especially in the Malmo games. I, I think he's, he's he's looked well off it. Uh, but looked a bit sharper on on Friday. Got the early goal, as as, as sort of Frankie said there. You know, great cutback for Bassi. Uh, good assist as well from uh, Graham Dorns. Uh, but I mean, a good finish. And again, you know, I think through this whole conversation about Dunfermline, we have to take into context it was Dunfermline. Uh, they're managed by Peter Grant and they're honking. But, you know, we've, st- as, as Frankie said there, we've still got to, you know, put the performance in and, and, and have that desire and put the levels in. And he, he there was definitely signs that he's, he, he looked a bit sharper and a bit more on it on Friday night. I, I mean, as we, we said off air, or as I alluded to off air, I'd be interested to see what the message was from Stephen Gerrard ahead of this game. I mean, he's he's thrown out some chaff in terms of, I would put out my strongest team and then turn to almost a completely different team for this game against Northampton. And I'd be interested to, 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 to know just exactly what he said to the players that, you know, there are... Uh, it could have been along the lines of I want you to go out and give me a performance or it could have been I want you to go out and play this game because you could be playing for a starting place. And I think in the first half, it was what you know many years ago I used to refer to as a Tyson-esque performance was that they gave the team, the opposition, such a battering in the first couple of rounds, in the first couple of salvos, that one, they knocked him out, or virtually knocked him out, and they didn't want to come back again. And for nothing up at half time, it's game game over, job done. And you know, Dunfermline in the second half, it was a bit of a damage limitation exercise from them. They tightened things up to such an extent that Rangers found it difficult. But there were a lot of decent performances, as Frankie alluded to there. The two fullbacks in particular, I mean, that was. That was something that was um, particularly pleasing to see, um, sounding like Walter Smith there. But the, the 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 two guys bombing forward and actually having an end product. I thought. I mean, I thought Bassi's cross. Um, it, you know that that was just a thing of of beauty. The fact that he, he's curled it in, it's come away from the um, the goalkeeper and it had to come in at a back post. I think he had his eyes shut, um, and it was one of these ones, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. But he got his head to it first and resulted in a goal. But I think that overall performance in the first half was was actually one that I think that Rangers needed. And I do wonder if some of the guys that were omitted from that team after the Malmo fiasco, I wonder if they'd be sitting looking at that, thinking to themselves, actually, my place is up for jeopardy I, I, or, or in jeopardy. I need to up my game here. I really need to start performing to the levels I was performing last season rather than just thinking of a guarantee or a shoe-in to be picked for every uh, every game. Hey, Frankie, an- another one that, that I mean, I thought in the, the, the game on Tuesday night against Malmo, like me and my mate were sort of exchanging you know, predicted teams and all the rest. And, and, I, and I went for Stephen Wright on, on the sort of right-hand side of midfield uh, with a Rebo in front of him because I just feel Tav hasn't had a, a great start to the season. And I think Wright would have offered, you know, an attacking threat. Plus, he's he's, he's capable of doing the work to pr- protect Tav and cover him when, but you know, when Tav goes forward. And he never got it. And I think a few people felt that 
not just on Tuesday night, that, that Wrights deserve a wee bit more game time and more starts than he's actually getting at the moment. So it was it was nice to see him start on Friday and it was nice to see him get a goal. And I thought he took it well, you know, because uh, I, I don't think he was outstripping the boy initially. He had to sort of hold up, cut back inside, you know, and gave the keeper the eyes and, and, and just put it in another corner. And it was really tough for him because I, I think since he's turned up at Rangers, I mean, that's, that, that's January he came here. I think he's done enough to, to deserve more starts and more game time than he's actually getting. Yes and no. Um, I like Scott Wright. I think he's. I think he was quite a clever signing. I don't think any of us knew a huge amount about him. Aberdeen because he was probably more of a bit part player there than than a first choice. But clearly, he's, he's pretty talented. I mean, he's two footed. He can find space. He's quick without being overly quick. I think he's actually quicker when he's on the ball, beating players as opposed in a, to, to a foot race. Um, but he can take take chances. I mean, his goal when he came off the bench against Livingston was, was an important one. I mean, we were struggling until then to break them down. I mean, we'll go on to how we've uh, drawn them in the, the next round of the, the Premier Sports Cup. Everybody's happy with that, but uh, again, it's it's not, it's not um, a penalty kick by any any means, so we, we need to, to um, make sure we, we, we turn up for that. But I mean, back to, to right, um, is I think I think he's he's fairly similar to Ken and he's he's two footed. He can go either way, um, and that allows him to play across the front three as well, um, and, and it means we, we can replace Kent with him if need be. But at the minute, Wright's offering more than Kent, which is a bit of a surprise. So there's no reason um, why he, he, he needs to be dropped for the side. He has to start on Thursday. Um, that, that's for sure. Um, whether or not he, he, he plays instead of Kent or alongside Kent. That remains to be seen, but Wright's one of the few attacking players that's really doing the business at the minute, and um, and it's it's been pretty obvious that that's kind of where we've done film on our side. We've we've been struggling in a creative sense, so it's good to see him, um, particularly being a Scottish player, uh, standing up when he's when he's called upon. Uh, sure, another one uh, who sort of came into the side on on Friday night there uh, was. And you've mentioned him, the, the cross that he put in was Calvin Bassey. Now, he, he got the assist uh, with the first goal for, for Lundstrom's goal. And obviously, as I said earlier on, you know, Doran's had a wee bit of a, an impact on that as well with, with, with the loose pass. But, you know, once he's in position, he still has to find him and he done it. The second cross, was, as you've pointed out, was a, was a thing of beauty. Uh, and, you know, Hadji just had to just had to meet it because it, it took the keeper out of the game altogether. And he had two or three other really really good balls in that first half. In the second half, he was. I mean, it was. I mean, he got man of the match, and I think I think he deserved it. And you know, Borna. I, I mean, I'm not saying that Borna, you know, should be dropped for the side and all the rest of it, and he's no use to us anymore. But it seems to me that you know, in the Euros, he obviously had an injury, didn't get a, a huge amount of game time uh, during the Euros. You know, stop start because of the injury. I think he looks like a player that's struggling for fitness at the moment. He doesn't look fit. So until until he gets back up to his usual standards, because I do think Bonner is a, a first choice left back. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, the, surely Bassey. I mean, I think he's shown now that he can be trusted in that position until Bonner's up and running. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think we fully understand in terms of Barisic either what he was going through injury-wise, or indeed how how good his recovery has been since. You know, I think um, when you're 
you've been at a tournament and suddenly you're coming back. You've only a matter of weeks before you start the new season. It's always difficult for you. Um, I think I think Bassi proved you know more than capable deputy for him, um, especially domestically. Um, Barisic would always be your first choice, but I think Steven Gerrard would always have assembled his squad looking for competition for places. And the fact that Tavernier on one side is under pressure from Patterson and another flank, Bassey is the guy who's putting pressure on the, the, the guy who would be your, your normal first choice. I mean, that can only be good. I, I mean, I, I think Bassey as well. I have a feeling that the guy has found himself at Ibrox and found himself at Rangers and has thought he needs to play at a certain level every time he gets a chance. You know, maybe that's true to some extent, but I honestly think he's tried maybe a bit too hard when he's coming into the team rather than just letting, you know, getting into the game and seeing what happens. He's almost tried to be a, a you know, almost like an Arthur Newman from the off, and that ain't going to happen. You've got limited, he's got, you know, I'm not saying he's got limited skills, but he's, 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 he's the kind of guy who I think makes the most of what he's got, and he should play to his strengths. Um, I, don't, I don't have any qualms or fears about him, you know, fulfilling a role for Rangers, um, especially after the, the, the other night there. And I know that you said, Colin, it's, you know, it's only Dunfermline. But it's only Dunfermline in a week when Rangers had lost to Malmo and confidence was, you know, probably quite low. So all in all, I think Bassey has ticked a few boxes there. And and it was, you know, and again, it'll be interesting to see what happens next time out with Rangers, whether Steven Gerrard goes with Bassey again because of the performance he turned in, or whether he's he's desperate to get Barisic back. Uh, uh, Frankie, another one that, that sort of came in uh, on Friday night there. Now, he missed it the, the previous week. Uh, obviously, had a, a family issue. His son was, was uh, in hospital, and, you know, it seems that that situation is improving. So, we missed him at Tanadice, I think. But, I mean, Roof's two goals, especially the first one. Obviously, the second one's a penalty, as you said earlier on. Even that's been a bit of an issue for us recently. You know, we've missed a few. But I think his first goal, especially. You know, the first touch is so clever because it, it just takes the defender out all together and then he's, he's just got to sort of put the laces through it and, and, and hope it gets there, which it does. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ruth. I think he's, you know, I mean, his goals per game ratio is higher than Morelos, but I think the biggest issue is with him is he's not uh, he's not robust enough. You know, he, he's in and out of the team because of injury and stuff like that. But I think when he's in the team, he, he, I mean, he's such an intelligent runner. He offers so much. Uh, and, and I think, you know, avoiding injury, he could be a vital, vital player for us this season. Aye. Um, I mean, when, when he arrived, um, he had obviously been out for a while. and hadn't played a huge amount of football. And I think that's why in his first season last year, he, he was sort of kind of struggling for, for time to time. What he, would, he would appear, I think he started the season okay, then he got injured and then missed a wee bit and then came back, did okay, got injured again. And, and I think if we, we need to, to try and keep him fit this year and, and if we can do that, he showed time after time how, how good he is and how important he is to the, to the side. I mean, first and foremost, we need, we need to score goals and Morelos is our prime source of that. 
um, and whether or not he goes in the next few weeks um, or whether or not he's, he's, he's here, we still need to, to, to um, add to Morelos in terms of that, that, that goal scoring and Roof has proven he can do it. I mean, he can play right across the, the front line, can play on the left, can play on the right, can play a wee bit deeper or he can play as the focal point, which he did obviously on Friday and, and did it well. I mean, he's a very intelligent player, he's experienced, he's played in, in England, played in, 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 in Belgium. So, I mean, the guy knows knows his onions and, and I mean, it's pretty obvious any time you see him play and his goal, like you said, on Friday was excellent. It was a great first touch, but it was the early, taking, taking the shot early, which which totally deceived the keeper and the strength of the shot was, was fantastic. Penalty was excellent as well. Won it himself. Um, I don't think Eddie can really argue about the award and, and it was a fine strike low into the corner and can't really ask much more for the guy. So, as I say, keep him fit, then it's really a, then a case of um, whether or not you can you, you have him and Morelos in the team at the same time. Some fans I've, I've spoken to the last year or so think that they, they can't really play together. I think, I think they can. I think um, Morelos can do some good work out, out wide, or, or, or as we've seen last year, he's, he can play a bit deeper if he needs to as well. So I think the two should be able to dovetail quite nicely. Um, and as, as we've mentioned a few times, it's all about his fitness and keeping him fit. And, and if we can do that, then um, I think Roof will, will go on to show that he's, he can score 20, 30 goals quite easily this season. And I mean, I think it's been pretty obvious we've missed him um, so far. But it, it was just unfortunate what happened against Slavia Prague last season and, and we've missed him against Malmo um, and I think it would have been a huge difference because clearly we didn't have um, Morelos for the first leg and I think if it had Roof for both games, a fit Roof, I think it would have been a big, a, a lot more different uh, that tie. Um, but it's in the past now so we have to, 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 to look forward. I mean before I move on Frankie, if, I mean you're sort of saying there if Morelos moves, moves on, if he does go, what kind of money? Because apparently if you score a hat-trick against Dundee, uh, you're worth 30 million. So what are we looking at for Morelos? It must it must be 150 million or something like that. Seems fair. Seems fair, mate. It's a, a very, very strange uh, media. I mean, this, this is, is it's been quite funny, actually, today. I mean, we've had various people over the last sort of week or so taking the cream puff about, about Rangers charging... Uh, uh, media platforms to get into iBox and access press conference and the team and that and I get that argument I can understand why they're a bit frustrated by it but I mean and then when they, when they go on and say the fan media didn't ask the, the hard questions and all the rest of it again I can understand where they're coming from to a certain extent but then you read the clickbait shit that's in the papers today for the likes of Gordon Park Parts and Hugh Keevans and then this stuff about the, the, the Japanese guy who's had a, an excellent start I mean five goals and five gains isn't it to be sniffed at again opposition might not be up to scratch but you still got to take your chances and the, the guy's done it but to turn around and suggest that he's, he's worth 30 million after five or six games is a, a bit strange really but, but we should be come to, to, to be used to that you know well you're saying it's a bit strange but you're right we should be used to it because it's it's a sort of shite that we have to put away a lot in, uh, in the media in this country uh, Stuart back to you like the draw for the quarterfinals came out today love it at home uh, now uh, you know, we beat them already this season 3-0. I, I, I thought the score, score line slightly flattered us that day. I, I don't think Levy ever looked like doing anything. But we, as Frankie sort of alluded to earlier on in the show, we sort of huffed and puffed to break them down. But despite that, you know, if, 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 if the, the improved performance that, that we saw on Friday there improved, uh, sorry, continues and we see the team 
sort of getting back up to the sort of levels that they were showing last, uh, last season. A great chance, surely, to get to the semis. And, you know, I mean, obviously we won the league last year and that's brilliant, but it'd be great to see one of the Cups uh, back at Ibrox and, and an opportunity to do that with, with that draw today. Yeah, just what you and Frankie are saying there about strikers suddenly being worth £30 million for scoring five goals in five games. It'd be interesting if the parameters that are used today to create stories were around 20 years ago when Macro Negri came in the scene. I think given the fact that he'd had a Serie A background, he'd probably worth somewhere about £300 million by now. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but once he got that squash ball in the eye, that's it. He's no worth a button because he never... <laughs> He never scored again for this after no, that. No, think. no, 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 he didn't, despite Dick Advocat's best efforts to get him fully yeah. fit and, and raise his confidence. Just bringing back to the point that you've um you know you were you were making there. I, I think all in all that if Rangers would be pretty pleased with the draw, the a home a home tie against Livingston, who you've already beaten. I mean, I do wonder what Livingston have to offer that's going to be different from first time around, other than taking to the pitch with fixed bayonets and a minefield, I don't really think there's much more they could do to stop Rangers if Rangers get into their into their stride early on. Um, I, I thought that was quite, you know, Rangers were quite impressive. It did take them time to work out how they were going to break Livingston down, but once they did, I don't think Livingston st- stood a chance and. All in all, I think you'd be sorely disappointed if it was anything other than a Rangers win and a, and a route progressing to the semi-final after this one. Hey, Frankie, last sort of uh, comment on Friday and the sort of weekend stuff that's been going on uh, before we go into Malmo and the, the, the sort of various things that happened there. A story today that uh, that, that Katic has been told that his, his Rangers career is over and it probably ties in with that sort of stuff we're talking about the media sort of being a bit naughty when it comes to Rangers uh, sort of suggested today in, in one of the rags that he'd been told his, his Rangers career's over and you know he's, he's, he's leaving the club uh, it then sort of circulated a, a lot around some of the ma- uh, fan media folk that you know that's not the case and Katic himself has, has since came out on Instagram uh, posting a good photo of him celebrating with Steven Gerrard in front of him you know applauding him and all that kind of thing so it would seem, I mean, the, the story today was he's been told his career's over and he's getting punted for the club. Uh, some of the, the fan media sources are saying that's not the case, that, you know, he's going out on loan for a year. Uh, I mean, what's your view on, on all this? Do you, do you believe in the story in the paper or or, or, do, you, or do you think he's still got a, a future at Ibrox? I think it's um, a lot of nonsense. Um, I think Katic is, I think we all know Katic before he got injured was still pretty raw um, and the way that we play certainly in the last year um, with the ball shot for the goalkeeper to the centre halves uh, to knock it out wide wouldn't be a strength of Katic's um, I think that's fairly obvious um, but that doesn't mean to say that we would just get rid of him just like that that he can't be coached into him and I think I think the potential is there with the big man to, to do that and um, after a, a year out it's got to take him a, a, a good while to get back up to to, to speed fully, um, and it's unlikely that'll happen here. So, um, alone makes absolute sense, and I'm kind of surprised that that's not happened already. 
Um, however, it also does make sense that we, we, we keep a close eye on his recuperation and if that, I mean, he's been out for a year and if it takes another three months to, to sort of get him into to playing a wee bit more regularly through the B team or, or whoever, then, then that's that's fine. Um, or sort of, well, maybe not so much three months, but to the end of this month, um, whereby then you can maybe offer him a loan somewhere and, and make sure he's getting games. And, and I, th- I think I think we can do that if you can get a year out of him and then this time next year, then you can make the decision on his long-term future. It's up to him to prove that, that he's good enough to, to play for us. I mean, I, I think we're, we're, we moved Edmondson on. And he was a fairly decent player, but I don't think he was as good as Katic. Um, we've played Jack Simpson a bit more often lately. I thought Simpson did okay towards the end of last season and I think he's done okay again at the start of this season when he's played now and again and in the friendly games but I don't think he's a better player than Katic either even though he's obviously he's more of a left-sided player um, and he offers that, that balance with, with Golson on the right side of the, the central defence so there's there's opportunities there for these guys Balogun, I, I, I like Balogun I can see why the matter we're going to talk about Balogun when we discuss the, the Malmo game obviously but um, that he's got his faults as well so I mean I, th- I think there's a future for Katic definitely not just now possibly and I think that's only fair and, and honest to say that but I think um, in the medium term uh, I think he'll still beat the club and I don't think we'll be looking to move him on just now anyway but we'll, we'll certainly see this time next year Sorry Colin I think the word that, that, that Stuart um, used there balance is an important one in, this, in the case of Katic. You have got to weigh up and balance how you bring this guy back into the team or back into you know, total fitness so he could actually play a part in the team against where he does that. I don't think he's going to do that if he stays at Rangers. Therefore, I think a loan deal somewhere would actually make perfect sense. Again, reiterating what, what, what Stuart had said there. I think, you know, you're, you're looking at somebody who I, I think is probably, even, even in his best days, he might only have been 70% of the player that he could become. And I don't think that's the kind of player you should be saying, he's injured, let's see what we can get for him and let him go. I think he, if he'd been fully fit, would still have been a mainstay. That's that you know Rangers defence. Therefore, I think it's it's one or a situation that needs to be managed properly, rather than either cheesing off a guy who wants to play for you, or um, you know let maybe maybe trying to push him, you know, too soon. I think he's a I think he's a decent enough player and one you would still want in and around the was going forward. I mean, I, 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 I would hope that, that he's still got some future. I mean, I think the, the perception was that he would go out and loan this year. Uh, but there's two reasons I would really want him to stay. One is, I mean, how much money would you get for a centre-half who's been injured for a year? You know what I mean? I, I don't think you're going to get a huge amount of money back on him. And two, when, when you see some of the images of him now, it's been obvious. I mean, he's built up a lot since he's you know he's been away. So it's obvious he's been working really, really hard. So I, I think he's... The motivation for him getting to that sort of stage is obviously to get back in the team. So yeah, I hope it's not true, uh, and and I hope you know. I mean, I think Frankie's right when he says there's there's not much chance of him getting a huge amount of game time this season. But yeah, I think put him out on loan and and see where he ends up uh, this time next year. 
Uh, I think that's what I would prefer to see happening. Right, guys, before we move on to the, 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 the Malmo game, uh, I should mention our partners here at uh, Football Prizes. Uh, and we've got a prize going at the moment. Uh, it's, it's a winner's choice prize, so there's... there's there's three options. Uh, tickets cost 99 pence. There's uh, there's 195 tickets. I'm not sure how many of those are left. So there, there's three options. There's a it's a signed montage. One of uh, Matinho from Wolves, uh, Manuel uh, Lanzini at West Ham, and Kima Roof, uh, our man there. So 99 pence, uh, 195 tickets. The deadline for that is tomorrow at 7:30 p.m. So if you want to, you know, have a chance of winning the the, the Kema Roof signed Rangers montage, get yourself on to footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, I'm sure Frankie will put some stuff out there in social media about it as well. Uh, right, guys, on to uh, the, the the shambles on and off the park on on Tuesday night. Uh, Frankie, I'll, co- I'll come back to you first. Uh, you know, it, it, it feels in one way it feels harsh that Rangers were out because for long periods, you know, it, it felt like they were in control. But in both legs, second half was was way off, and on Tuesday night especially, the second half performance was uh, was was atrocious, especially when you consider they were down to ten men. You know, the, the defending, especially for the second goal, was. It was just, it was so bad. It's, it's hard to put any words. It was that bad, and then the 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 lack of a reaction. It just seemed, you know, you know, Tavernier and and, and Barisic just throwing sort of aimless balls into the box. You know, we we, we couldn't get through them. Don't get me wrong. Now, I believe Malmo or something like 14, 15 games into their season. I think you could tell that they they, they were fitter, they were sharper, they were more organised. But I still think we should have had enough. Uh, over the two legs uh, to get past them so uh, a poor night overall I it certainly was um, I mean we started it well enough first half an hour was good you get the goal and we're, we're sitting pr- pretty pretty well to be honest I thought that they were struggling the fans were I thought the fans were excellent manager asked the fans to turn up they turned up in their numbers capacity crowd pretty much and uh, the vocal backing was, was, was superb and to see that first half an hour was fine um, unfortunately End of the first half, we we, we started to struggle, and, and they came back into the game for whatever reason. And right on half time, they, they get the guy, midfield guy, sent off, and you're thinking, wow. And I must admit, before the before the game, I'd watched the the Parma game. You know, you'll remember that for 1989, and and it was it was pretty similar. Obviously, uh, Fabio Cavanaro got sent off in that game, and and we were, we were one 0 up, and, and you're thinking, hmm, there's. Uh, a lot of similarities here and, and let's just hope we can go on and, and control the game in the second half do nothing silly and just see it out because I thought in the first leg I thought Malmo were out on their, on their, on their feet in the last sort of 15 minutes or so so I thought we didn't even need to sort of go gung-ho second half just control the game be professional and the chances will come and even if it went into to extra time I thought we would more than enough to, to beat them but for whatever reason we just didn't turn up again um, for the 15-10-15 15, 15, 15 minutes after half time I mean we did have one chance to, before they equalised uh, Morelos at the back post sort of uh, blazed one over when it was quite a good opportunity actually um, and that seemed, didn't seem to help our confidence either and, and uh, I, I mean you're asking what happened I don't know um, I, I, I doubt the manager or his coaching staff could probably answer either it's just the second goal in particular I mean for a throw in to leave that much space and it's something Malmo have done as well against other teams so not to be aware or to be ready for, for that happening was beyond a joke 
to be honest, and uh, it was such a big disappointment and that knocked the stuffing out of the players, it knocked the stuffing out of the fans and, and like you said, we'd, we'd really pretty much had nothing to offer after that. I mean, he did bring Hadji on and Zakala on to try and, and, and change things, but we didn't really change the way we played at all. We didn't go through Hadji. I mean, at the weekend, the, uh, Friday night against Dunfermline, we all seen what Hadji's capable of. It was the same against Livingston before he got injured. He's, he's a great player at finding space um, in deeper areas. He can score goals as well and he gets shots away. But we didn't really get him into the game at all against Malmo in that second half when he came on. He probably wasn't entirely fit already. Um, the bigger surprise was we didn't look to, to Cedric Itton. I mean, I don't think Cedric Itton's a Mark Hately by any stretch of the, uh, the imagination, but what he, he is a bit taller and he is more of a focal point and he, he is a player that can take the ball on his feet as well and, and would have helped uh, Morelos to a certain extent. Instead, we put on Zakala, and Zakala, I think, is more a player that's got to try and get him behind teams with his base. And by that time, Malmo had six players sitting right across the 18-yard box. So it was a, a, a bad night for all, for the players, for the fans like yourself, Colin Mann, he got caught in that, in that train incident that you, you talked about on Friday. And then, obviously, I don't think it was a great night for the manager or his coaches either. I don't think they reacted well to us going down 2-1 and... Malmo were comfortable in the end and, and all credit to them because I thought they were a decent side I don't I don't think they were anything special across the two legs I thought as much as we didn't play well I'd, there's an argument that we were harshly beaten I actually spoke to Josip during, um, on, on, uh, during the week there the, 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 the Swedish journalist that, that was on the show last weekend or the weekend before and, and asked him what he thought and he, he agreed he thought it was a very strange tie he thought Rangers controlled it but just seemed to lack the, that, that gumption and, and fell apart for twice for whatever reason in both games and you can't afford to, to concede four goals against professional outfits like well-organised outfits like Malmo um, and it's a real disappointment because it was such a good opportunity to go through um, I think we're a better team than Malmo I think we'll prove that hopefully in the Europa League again this year but all credit to them and, and it goes down as an opportunity missed and it's just important now that we react positively to it. I noticed there's a couple of um, comments in the YouTube there about trying to move on and it's in the past now and I, I agree with that by all means let's try and be positive and let's look ahead now but it's, it's, it is important to, to look back and, and to see what went wrong and try and explain it and I, th I think you mentioned it Colin I think it's just just games I think it's just they, they've played so many games they were just a, a lot sharper our players for whatever reason weren't quite sharp enough um, again guys like Barisic looked for whatever better work a bit, a bit jaded they not had a long enough rest as much as they didn't play for Croatia uh, too much in the Euros he was always away training um, we miss Kamara we miss Ruth I mean, this is just excuses now because we had more than enough in reserve to, to do the business and we just didn't, unfortunately. And, and we can pick over the bones all we like, but it's it's now just a case that it's vital, incredibly vital now that that we that we um, that we go through against Alaskair and, and go into the Europa League group stages again and, and hopefully show what we're about in there because we're, we're a much better team than what we've showed in the last, uh, in the last 10 days or so, unfortunately. Sure, uh, the you know as as we've sort of said, you know for for long periods in both ties, you know you know Rangers looked in control, and just it was just like brain freeze moments, and, and both happened in the second half. 
Uh, you know, we've, we've conceded four very slack goals, you know, over the two legs. Uh, I, I think the two over there, the, the, the two over there and, and the second goal at Ibrox were, were, were shocking, I thought. Uh, and, and, you know, as, as, again, as Frankie's alluded to there, you know, we looked well off the pace at times. You know, players looked leggy, they looked slow, they looked kind of devoid of uh, any idea. And, and even a wee bit of character, you know, you know, when they went one nothing down uh, in Malmo, I napped upstairs to the toilet. You know, I thought, right, I'm up to the toilet. And when I came back down, it was 2 nothing. You know, and it, it was just like, well, what happened there? And it's, you know, th- there was that feeling that, you know, too many big players, you know, Golson, Tav, Borna, uh, Lundstrom, as we mentioned earlier on, Arfield, Ken, looked well off it, you know. So, you know, one thing I would ask is, is have they prepared correctly for this? You know, has the has the preseason and the preparations for for this tie because it was always viewed as vital. You know, what I mean, trying to get into the Champions League, have they been correct? And and should we be concerned by the drop off in some of our, our sort of main players, the big players that we have? Um, a, a couple of things. The the, the reference that Stuart made there to Fabio Cannavaro being sent off at Ibrox for Parma. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have dinner uh, with him for the return leg when he was suspended and somebody said you'll be disappointed you'll be missing this tie and um he said yes rod wall has dived um which i have to say um put a new perspective on the word dive given the fact that i think he happened just above his knee when he took him down uh no I, if you if you if you want to sort of reduce this to the lowest common denominator Six minutes cost Rangers 30 million quid. That's, you know, over two legs. Rangers switched off for about six minutes and it's cost them 30 million quid. And that isn't good enough at this level. I don't think Malmo are a fantastically good team, but over two legs, they played better than Rangers did. And that's all it takes to put you through the next round of qualifying matches. And it was a sore one for Rangers. And I think sore still will have been the fact that Stephen Gerrard won the league title with Rangers last year. But in so many areas and so among so many people, um, especially south of the border, his stock has risen, not because of what he's done in terms of the league title, but because of what Rangers have done over a number of seasons in the Europa League. And, and they have beaten better teams than they faced against Malmo over two legs. And Rangers have performed better. And I think that would be the biggest disappointment that for, for, for no reason whatsoever, Rangers have suddenly gone to sleep over two ties and it, and it proved extremely costly. I, I think there were a number of players that didn't really perform, didn't turn up for whatever reason it was. Um, I don't know if the pressure got to them, but a full house at Ibrox for the second leg. I know some people will say, no, that's not the case. Uh, but Rangers were winning one nothing, and, do, and the opposition were down to 10 men. If you can't handle that situation, questions have to be asked of you, your ability and your mentality. And I think that's something that these guys have to go out over the next two matches in the Europa League, and they have to correct it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the crowd thing. I'm, I'm not convinced. I just wonder if it's the, 
I think we performed at such a level last season that we're, I could, the only game I can really remember being a huge amount of pressure on is certainly in the league was a Motherwell game, that game in December, and we, we, we dug it out. I just think we were at such a level last season that we, we never faced any real pressure or any questions. And Whereas this time we, we have. And that, that's what I question. I, just, I, I don't know if it's the crowd. I just think it's the, the pressure of the occasion. And, and I also think that I, I, I'm not convinced that the preparations were ideal for this. I, I think, you know, some players were away for the Euros. You know, obviously Morello was away for the Copa America. And I think a lot of our players uh, looked looked a bit leggy and a bit off it and not at their usual standard. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's just a blip and we'll get to that usual standard again. Because I, th- I think certainly the Rangers team of last season and the season before in the Europa League, I think in Gerard's first season, we, we had a couple of, you know, it was, it was a good run, but, you know, we had a couple of, a couple of bad results here and there. Young boys springs to mind, you know, that was a, that was a game we should have won. Uh, but certainly, you know, Gerard's second season and last season in Europe, I, I think any any one of the, both of those sides would have beaten Malmo without any problem. You know what I mean? And it just seems to me that I, I just wonder if it's a game that's came just a wee bit too soon. But that's a but that's an occupational hazard, though, Colin, in terms of yeah. European qualification for Scottish clubs. Something because of where we're at. Where, where Scottish football is at just now is entirely for the last five seasons due to what Rangers have done in terms of coefficient points. And anybody that says otherwise, they're just kidding themselves on. So you're looking for a performance from Rangers. And I, I, I wholly take on board if you've got guys playing at European Championships and, and whatever it might be or coming back from injury. But as I say again, that is an occupational hazard. You cannot sign players who then become good enough to fulfil their commitments at international level, especially at European Championships, and then complain when you don't have these guys back for the first day of, of the season. These things happen and you have to accommodate. And I, and I think, you know, ho- as I said before, it's wholly frustrating, totally frustrating in terms of what Rangers haven't done this season, given that they've, they've, they've put the, 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 the roots down over the last couple of years in terms of their European performances. I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard with the left eye brooks the other night there, totally bewildered and totally bemused at how a team can can basically almost forget what it takes to win in Europe. I have to say, they, they did it against Dundee United in the first day of the season. It was almost like, we're Billy Big Bollocks, all we need to do is turn up here, we're champions and you'll roll over and we'll beat you. And that's not, that's not the case. Rangers have got a target in their back. Um, domestically, but in European competition, I think Rangers are, should have should have had at least a level of performance in them to beat Malmo over two legs. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'll, and the, and the fear is, as you say, you know, it's it's pretty much down to Rangers where Scotland are in terms of the coefficient next season. You know, the winners of the S- SPFL go straight into the group stages. You know, the, the opportunity this year was to get into the Champions League, get that money, and strengthen and go again, and then win the league and then you're in another year. The, the the worry is now, the fear is now that all that work, all those routes that we've put down, that, you know, Celtic are chucking money at this league this season. It's obvious, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to sign players. And the, the worry is that they do enough to win the, the title this season and then they're the one that get the benefit of all the work that we've done, uh, you know, in terms of the coefficient points. But that won't happen. I'm sure it'll all be good. I'm sure we'll get there. If 
Frankie, the, the sort of on that topic, what 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 is the sort of financial implications of that defeat on 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 Tuesday night? You know, are we going to see one or two go, or can can we see it out for one more season? Um, it's a difficult question to answer, and it's it is a. You're, I mean, Tom Miller on the Rangers commentary always talks about uh, sticking and twisting, and, and it is now a, a card game. Do you do you stick with it with the squad that we've got and say we've got enough to go and win this league and qualify, or do we gamble and spend I don't know the best part of ten million pounds to bring in one or two more players to to supplement the squad? It's, it is a difficult question to answer because, I mean, you've lost a possible 30 million by going out against Malmo and best you're probably going to get about half of that in the Europa League and it's still not guaranteed at this stage that we're, we're going to qualify for that group stage. So it doesn't matter if you sign person A right now because they're probably not going to affect that playoff game. So your risk is you're taking just now. So I don't think Wendy's going to arrive until after those two games. And at that point, do we have to sell a player or two players? Again, the argument will be yes, because you can't continue to rely on equity from existing shareholders. It just doesn't work like that. And as Rangers supporters all know all too well over the last 10 years we can't afford to to take financial gambles and and that's that's where we are right now we do, so we can't take umbrage if we sell a player I mean the problem we've got is which player do we sell who's interested I mean I think Gerard said at the weekend that they've not had any serious bids for any of our players so right away there isn't a huge amount of liquidity in the in the, the transfer market either so I mean are we going to get a big bid in for players I mean who for I mean Porto's obviously interested in Morelos but I think we, we've made it clear that the minimum we're wanting to accept is 20 million the problem is now we're in a weaker position in terms of negotiating that um, Kamara I think he's got two years left on his his deal I mean I think Kamara's a fantastic player I think he, he showed it in a fairly weak Finland team at the Euros and I I think Kamara will be on the last say every scouting team in Europe that has a bit of money. I think he can play anywhere for any team. I think he's got genuinely got that ability. The problem is we only spent fifty thousand pounds on him, so there won't be very many teams will be wanting to say, "Well, we'll, sp- we'll take him for twenty million." I mean, I don't know what his contract is just now, but I doubt it's going to work out around about those kind of sums. So unless he signs a new deal, then. You might be lucky if we get fifteen million for him. I mean, we're just we're only speculating when it comes to cash. Kent's another one. Kent we spent seven million pounds on. He'll be on a decent wage, and we'll be looking to. I would have thought triple what we spent on him. And I think last season Kent showed exactly that he's worth at least that. Unfortunately, so far this season he showed the opposite. Um, so again, you're kind of in a, in a in a weak position in terms of negotiating. So it's it's we're in a difficult place, and it's it's not easy to to try and find solutions. And I don't envy the the guys in charge. I, I don't envy them in terms of as I say, do you stick? Do you twist? Um, I mean, do you sell two players? I mean, if you sell a Morelos and get twenty million pounds. Who are you bringing in to replace them? Because last year season we signed Ruth and Itten 
Um, I think Ruth done well, and I think Ruth can be the Rangers number nine for want of a better phrase. But I don't think the manager trusts it in. I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, and I feel a wee bit sorry for the big man. So do you move it in on? Do you persevere with him for another season? But it still means you have to bring, if you do sell Morelos, you have to bring in another striker because I don't think Sakala is going to be your, your number nine either. Um, so there's a lot of questions on that front in the financial sense and it's just a huge blow that we didn't manage to to make it this summer into the into the Champions League group stage. Now we just have to make sure that we, we, we soften that to a degree by, by beating Alashkert and and if we can win this league this season then it's a, a, a huge, huge boost obviously but it is also a huge, huge risk if, if we go and spend money that effectively we don't have and can't guarantee until such a time that we've, we've won our 56th title. Right, on the matters off the park, uh, sure. Now, as, 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 again, as Frankie sort of suggested there, I was one of them. Uh, you know, thousands of supporters locked out uh, on, on Tuesday night there. Absolute chaos at my turnstile. It was chaos. I would say, you know, I would say one in every sort of four or five people their smart cards weren't working, you know. Some of them were pulling out their phones and showing their email confirmation. Still couldn't get in. Uh, me and my son never got in. Uh, told told initially to rejoin the queue for the turnstile, which was huge, and to try again, uh, which I wasn't going to do. And I was saying, well, I'm not going to do that. Then told to join the queue for the ticket office. Now, the queue for the ticket office stretched from the ticket office at the, at the, the Broomland Road stand, at the far end of the Broomland Road stand, to, you know, Pretty much not far off uh, where the old Ranger shop is on the on the corner of Copeland Road there. Uh, so there was no danger. I was doing that. You know, the game had kicked off. There was no danger. So uh, we just came home. We managed to get home just in time to see Malmo go two one up, which was which was lovely. Uh, the, the club issued an email through the week there, uh, which I have to be honest, pissed me off all the more with the whole situation because it sort of apportioned a fair amount of blame on the supporters affected. Uh, and I have to say that you know, I think the club are quite quick at you know taking money when it you know from people's accounts when you know uh, the draws are made. So I, I got an email for the for the the Malmo game saying yeah, that's us taking the money. Your your card's been activated. I got one same for the Dunfermline game. Uh, I've already had one for the game on Thursday night, uh, and, and I'll no doubt I'll get an email in the next couple of days for the Livingston game as well. And it's like, boom, we'll take the money when we need it. You know, all last week, after that fiasco on Tuesday, I got I got emails about Castor products. I got emails about VIP hospitality. Uh, I got an email about, you know, Moulton Brown and buying their products from Rangers. What I didn't get was a reply to my email to the club asking for a refund and asking for the club to accept responsibility. Now, the club's uh, Twitter account was silent on this. Uh, the SLO's account was silent on this. And I just think... You know what? It's, it's it's unacceptable to treat supporters like that. You know, I, I get that these things happen every now and again, but on that scale, you know, to to, to inform so many supporters, right? Your your car's been activated, and then when they turn up at Ibrox, that's not the case, and there's no system in place to fix that. You know what I mean? There's just and and, and there was also the other issue that, that supporters that did get in, supporters that were prepared to queue and get their their card activated when they went in, there was someone sitting in their seat with a valid ticket for that seat. So a total farce and an unacceptable one at that. 
No, I would have to agree with you. The, the thing about a business the size of Rangers is that you you have to get it right on every single front. You know, if Rangers had won uh, in midweek and progressed to the next round of the Champions League qualifiers, you would still have been a cheesed off, dare I say it, to use the Dundee United vernacular customer. And, uh, you know, it, it's a plate spinning exercise. You have to keep all your plates spinning, be it on the pitch, be it in the dressing room, be it in the coaching, you know, uh, side of things, be it in the training ground. But particularly, you have to do the same in terms of your TV rights, in terms of your intellectual property rights, and in terms of how you deal with your customers. And the last thing you need is to be guys to be turning up expecting to see Rangers in a European tie and the first and you know and, and your priority becomes jumping the train to get back home because there's nothing happening at the you know in the, the, the venue that you should have been at. I am always skeptical about how much money or how much time clubs spend and in this case about getting it right for their fans. If they can send you an email or any of the fans an email or a text message or a WhatsApp message or whatever it might be telling you that you have a ticket available, what's to stop them sending out um, a, a message that then can be read uh, automatically or electronically at the turnstiles to say, that this is your ticket to get in on that particular occasion. You know, I, I'm, I'm always amazed at the people who, in terms of uh, electronic interactions, appear to be ahead of the game. You would think that Rangers would like, would want to put themselves within that category or within those parameters. So I, I, I don't really see any excuse for them saying, oh, turn up at the ticket office, no guarantee the turnstile, or turn up at the ticket office again. I don't, I don't really see that as being a, a viable excuse. Somebody somewhere has got it horribly wrong, and ultimately they should be coming out and telling the fans how wrong they got it, and at least issuing an apology, and at least making some sort of, you know, recompense for what they've actually done. Um, you know, I, I, as I mentioned there, you have to get it so right in so many fronts at a football club, and it's okay saying, well, you know, were, were, were league champions last season. That's in the past. It's going forward and how you want to see a team run at all levels. And frankly, that's not that's just not good enough. Turning up for a European tie, which is costing you money over and above what you're going to spend in your, your season tickets, and then finding that you don't have any access to the ground. Frankie, the, the, I mean... I mean, my son, you know, he started getting into Rangers at the point when, you know, around about 2012 when it all sort of kicked off. So he's never been to a Champions League game. And because of that result, he's going to have to wait even longer. So that annoyed me. And then, you know, I started to think, well, what if, the, what if we had qualified and this was against Real Madrid or Barcelona? You know, and I'm taking my son along there to see one of the biggest teams in Europe and this system fails. Rangers make an arse and we can't get access. And so I started to think of all these sort of scenarios and it really pissed me off. And see, what really pissed me off about the whole thing was the fact that 
you know, every single one of us that never got in uh, on, on Tuesday night, back to club to the hilt last season. We all put our hands in our pockets when we knew we weren't getting into the stadium. And then when the club issue an email about it, it's not it's not a, by the way, we got this wrong. It's a, well, you know, some of the fans didn't help themselves. You know, it was partially down to supporters. Not good enough. You know what I mean? And if that's the road that Rangers are going to go down, honestly, see, this week I've thought about cancelling my two season, season tickets this season. That's how pissed off I am with them. They owe me one huge apology. They owe every supporter who was stranded in the street on Tuesday night a huge apology. And another thing that really pissed me off, sorry, I'm on my horse now, but I have, I've seen access to the the, the email that the, the VIP punters got, you know, the Club 72 punters, who sit in the same area as me, but they've got access to the lounge. And it was very different in terms of its tone and its wording and all that kind of thing. There was no comments around, you know, well, supporters didn't help themselves. You know, some tried to gain access with dodgy tickets. It was all very much, we're really sorry. We want to give you the best experience. Two very, very different emails. Uh, and I think Rangers have got this very wrong and they need to fix it and they need to fix it now. I don't blame you for being annoyed, mate. Um, I would be in the same situation. I mean, I couldn't make it um, last week. I, I kind of league games only at the minute, unfortunately, due to various family commitments. But I, I think uh, the, the very least people deserve as, as an apology uh, for people like yourself. I mean, like you mentioned, th- these things can happen. New systems, um, QR codes, um, new systems in terms of the website, what have you. I mean, that's all well and good. Um, but own it. Own, take responsibility for it. Um, guys have been left out. It was 30 quid a ticket. Um, you've had to pay to get there, all the rest of it. And like you say, you're back to team last year. The very least the club can do is just own the mistake and say, and to the people that didn't get in and the genuine guys that couldn't get in, didn't see the game, or what have you, you, you get your refund or you get your ticket for the Thursday's game for, for free. I mean, it's 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 fairly obvious. Well, that's not Can't happened because they've already taken the money for that game. Right, well, again, but they can, they can refund that, Colin, or they can, they can give you a voucher for... for I mean, full enough, it's a totally different thing, but I, I, I was waiting on delivery today for Amazon. It didn't arrive. Sorry, yesterday, it didn't arrive. I went online today, complained. It came today and they gave me a £5 promotional credit. Not very much. Um, but it's £5 in my pocket, however I have to spend it there, so they're still, I have to go buy, I'll end up buying something for a tenner or 20 quid, and they're still getting, making money out of it, the same thing, the curtain is really sorry, but, but, but we kind of give you a refund, we need the money, but here's a £50 voucher, so you can go into the club shop and buy a strap or whatever, and the, the money's still coming back into the club, so there's, there's various routes around it, I mean, if, if you want a good example, a good PR, I mean, uh, last week, obviously, Jack Grealish went for, for Aston Villa to, to Man City and Christian Perslow um, went on YouTube or whatever and, and, and explained the, explained this to all the Aston Villa fans and every, all the, the fans that had bought a Grealish shirt were getting the, the shirt replaced. I mean, it's pretty simple PR. It was going to cost them money, a lot of money, but they just made £100 million, so it's probably a, a drop in the ocean. That's a bit different for Rangers. Um, if you refund a thousand people thirty pounds a ticket, that's that's a, a fair whack, you know. So it's it's uh, uh, if it's ten thousand fans, it's an even bigger whack. But you, you've got to own these things. You, you can't take advantage of fans. They ask a lot of us, 
we're all desperate for Rangers to be successful. What happened 12 years ago, we're back to the club to the hill, all the way through it. Fantastic crowds, right for the third division, all the way up. Last 18 months we've had COVID. We all bought season tickets last year. No refunds asked. We just had, yourself, you had the issues with Rangers TV. Many more people did as well. Still, we're not asking for refunds. We just want to put our money into the club, and that's fantastic. But you cannot extract the proverbial when it comes to folks' loyalty. It isn't fair. You wouldn't do it. With it. No, another company wouldn't do it. And Rangers want to be seen as a top-class European club, and that's great. I want to see Rangers as a top-class European club. Well, they've got to to demand that right through the club, not just for the players and for the manager, but for their staff right through. And I feel sorry for the guys in the ticket office. I don't know if there's some of them are still on furlough, but I think there's less than 10, possibly even less than five that are working there just now. You can't even get through on the phone, but they want 50,000 people to attend a football match and you can't contact them by phone. I mean, how does that work? I mean, one of well, my old pals that goes to the game with me, he's in his mid-70s, um, he, he doesn't have a mobile phone, he can't work a QR code, he, can't, he doesn't know how to buy a ticket online. I've had to do it for him for these games. And, and he's tried to phone the ticket office and explain it. That there isn't any answer. You get directed to send an email. I mean, I, so I sent an email on his behalf. They got credit to him. They got back within a couple of days. But this this shouldn't be happening. He's lucky enough to have me, a pal, to, to help him. There's other old boys and old women that will not have that, that option there to them. So we need to be a bit more thoughtful, a bit more proactive, own up to mistakes. And people are, people are understanding enough. And, and, I, and I think... Um, I, th- I, th- I think that's 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 pretty obvious that the Rangers scored their own goal last week, and it's and that's bad enough when we've we've went out in, in, to Malmo. That's the most, that's the most basic. You think that's the most basic and and fundamental things that you cover yourself on those Stuart, in terms of customer services, in terms of you know, um, if if you're a customer of Rangers, and I use the word and you know kind of semi-advisedly here, if if you're a Rangers fan and you're spending the amount of money that you do in season tickets, you you are entitled to the same respect and the same uh, type of uh, consumer experience if you were spending that money buying a Sky package or various items on Amazon or whatever it was. The fact that Rangers basically just go silent on this one isn't really what you're looking for as a fan. You're looking for somebody to actually say, we got it wrong. And for a great many Rangers fans, that would have been sufficient. The fact that they've actually almost like hidden in this one, yeah, we got it wrong and we know we've got it wrong, but we ain't going to break cover and we ain't going to lift our heads above the parapets here. You know, put some, make some more of a target than they had, uh, or, or they would have been had they admitted their mistake. And and for Colin, Colin's right. If you're taking your 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 laddie, um, along a football match, he will be somebody who, if he becomes a Rangers fan, will be spending money in the future to buy his season ticket and maybe even his son or daughter's season ticket as well. So the last thing you want is a wee boy going home been totally cheesed off because he hasn't seen Rangers and his dad saying I'm never going to buy a, a ticket again from, from Rangers it's a knock-on effect and and ultimately I mean everybody you know what Rangers have been through in the last you know umpteen years 
should be a, a warning from history about how wrong you can actually get it. And you should not take the fan base for granted, especially in an incident like this. Yeah, that's how I would say. I mean, let's see, at the end of the day, you know, uh, see when it comes to a, a relationship with a football club, you know, as a supporter, I know the love is fairly one-sided, right? And I think all supporters accept that. You know, we love our club more than they love us, right? And that's kind of the way it is. And, and we accept that. But there's a line, you know what I mean? And I think I think it's been crossed a couple of times of late. Uh, and I'm not going to give up my season tickets. That was anger. You know, I'm an addict. I'm a, I'm a football addict. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm particularly when it comes to Rangers, I'm an addict. And I've also got sentimental reasons for not giving up the seats that I have. But it crossed my mind, and that's that's probably the the, the most damning thing I can I can say about the club is, is is it crossed my mind. So hopefully, hopefully they'll 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 listen to the fans that have been affected by this. They'll come to their senses and they'll they'll they'll, they'll make the right choices and, and the right decision because I, I, I do I think it's poor. I think the supporters have, have got behind the club over the last year when they knew they weren't going to get access to that ground. It'd be good if the club could 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 repay that at this particular moment because it, I mean it wasn't as many as ten thousand, but it was a lot. You know what I mean? And it would be good to see them reach out and just fix us. That's all we're asking. We're not asking for a lot. Just fix it. That's it. Okay. Uh, right, guys, looking at the time, we've kind of run over a wee bit there, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up there. Uh, big thanks for watching, and a big thanks to the two Stuarts there for their contributions. Great stuff from them, as always. Uh, we'll try two and get uh, <laughs> the two, two Ronnies. Uh, <laughs> I could think, of, could think of another thing, but I'm not going to go there. Right, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll try and get a preview show out this week for uh, we're at Ross County on Sunday, obviously. So we'll try and get a preview show, show out for that on the Friday. Uh, and there'll be the show next Sunday as well, obviously. In the meantime, get yourself over to the Jersnet website at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, guys, until next week, uh, and enjoy your week and all that kind of stuff. And bye for now. <laughs>